VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. I am your host, Danny Fortson, the West Coast correspondent for the Sunday Times. And this week, I got in my car and I traveled to scenic Redwood City. If you don't know Silicon Valley, that was a joke. Redwood City is fine. Uh, I wouldn't call it scenic, but it's a nice little city out here. But I went there to check out a very intriguing new company called Canna, which is run by Chief Executive Matt Mahar. And what Canna has created is really interesting. It's a beverage printer, quote unquote. What do you mean? I hear you say. So what Canna's done is created a machine that would sit on your kitchen counter. It's a square, maybe a touch bigger than a large toaster oven. And it's got some very cool science inside. So what they have figured out is that most drinks, be it coffee, juice, beer, wine, spirits, sports drinks, tea, whatever, aren't all that different. Mostly, they're water, obviously. You know, in in many cases, like 99% water. But what makes them different is maybe that 1% of molecules that differentiate, you know, green tea from cold brew coffee. So what they have done is create a machine that has dozens of little wells filled with all these different kind of key molecular compounds that show up in all the kinds of drinks that you and I know. And then obviously also has a big jug of water in there, which is the main ingredient for all this stuff for, you know, green juice or a Manhattan, whatever it may be. And what happens is you press a little touchscreen on the front and then it, the machine, what it does is basically let out just the right mix of compounds in just the right amounts, mixes them up and then presto change you have your drink literally hundreds. That is the idea. Now, the question you may ask is why? What is the point of this? Well, the drinks industry is like a lot of big other industries that uh, we take for granted is big, is a big, inefficient machine. So think of all the water it takes to grow fruit, to squeeze into a bottle, to ship to your house that you then throw away or maybe recycle. That whole supply chain is, it just has a lot of pollution and a lot of resource wrapped up in it. So what Canna has done is make a machine that does on your countertop what that industry does. 
and when the machine ships next year, it will be able to do several hundred drinks. Longer term, they say thousands. No bottles to make, no fruit trees to water, no waste to toss. That's the idea. Now it sounds, and to be honest, looks very Jetsony. Uh, now you may recall we first heard about this company last year. So for longtime listeners or attentive listeners, last year we had a guy on the pod named Dave Friedberg. His holding company is The Production Board, and he's very interested in climate change and you know creating companies that address it in, in some meaningful way. So he has funded and incubated Canna, and the company has finally started to come out to play in the last month or so, talking about what they're doing. They've been doing working on this, uh, you know, kind of quietly in the background for a few years now. So of course, the challenge for them, you know, the the main event really for them is: do these drinks actually taste good? Are they what they should be, or is this just some kind of glorified soda fountain that's going to cost me a lot of money? We all remember Juicero. But anyhow, if you stick around till the end of the pod, I will give you my review. I tried four drinks in quick succession, including. A cold brew coffee, this kind of citrus berry drink, as well as a mimosa-style cocktail. So do stick around if you want to hear what I thought. Not many people have tried this machine yet, so you'll hear it here first. But before we get there, before I did that, I was given a quick tour of the office, which started out in the foyer where they have this towering sculpture of cans and bottles and a big stack of 55-gallon drums. Um, I'll let Matt Mahar explain what those are for right now. So we'll start there when I'm just kind of walking in the building, and then there's a little bit of the tour, which kind of explains a bit of the you know the basic science, and then we get into my conversation with Matt. So that is this week's episode. I think you're really going to find it fascinating. It's a really interesting solution to a problem that most of us didn't know we had. It'll be really interesting to see if they can kind of make this work as a business. So what is clear is that what they're going for, you know, there are real big inefficiencies and kind of systemic changes that they, if they could make, would be a very, very big deal. But um, we are at, you know, just the start of this marathon uh, for the company. So it's really interesting to hear what they're doing and where they are. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Matt Mahar and stick around to the end for my review. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Matt. How you doing? Hey, good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Yeah, this is cool. This is, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's kind of crazy and nuts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like, um, the average American household. This is how many bottles and cans. Oh, is that is that what this is? Yeah, yeah. The average American household consumes just over twenty five hundred bottles and cans a year. Really? Drinking the beverages that they drink. And by size, this is one third the size of what it would actually be if we put all those the actual mountain. Yeah, we just gonna yeah. fit it all in. Just need to get a better, bigger headquarters. <laughs> need to get yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, Maybe yeah, yeah, well, exactly. That'll be success. Yeah, that'll be success. <laughs> and then, so what's wild is if you expand that out and you look at globally, it's over a trillion bottles and cans that get created every single year from food and beverage, or from beverage right. manufacturing. It's it's wild, right? And like, talk about what's driving the global trash crisis. This is another crazy one for you here. So 
55 gallon drums, there's 12 of them. Okay, they're empty, yeah. Um, this is the amount of water that is used to create all of the beverages that the average American household drinks in a day. In a day. So you don't drink all this, but so this that's is what's like used. irrigation. Grow all, the grape, grow yeah. the hops, irrigation, you know, processing and manufacturing in the plant, and then, you know, it comes out at the end, you know, you wash the can and bottle, it's got to look nice, all that kind of stuff yeah. to get the sticker on and stuff. All of it. So there's over 670 gallons here. So water is becoming more and more precious, mm -hmm. right? Especially in California. He's going to say, yeah, look around, right? It's like totally. there's droughts. And so this type of waste is just like not sustainable. This is a GCMS machine right here. It's called a grass chromatography mass spectrometry. Yeah. What you do is, I don't know if you've ever seen one, but there's an old one. But what you do is you take a liquid, you put this little needle in it, you put it inside here, it essentially evaporates it mm -hmm. into a gas. And then we run an analysis on that gas and tells us what all the molecules are. All the, so yeah, like, right. All the building like, blocks. Yeah, it's like tartaric acid, sucrose, right. quinic acid, whatever it is. And it allows us to figure out what all the molecules are in a, in the, in a the, beverage. So right. we, that's gas. We also do a liquid version of it. So these are... These look like EKGs. <laughs> yeah. So this is... A um, chromatogram. Yeah, it's a chromatogram of the analysis that comes out of that GC. So we've done thousands of different samples of beverages. And what you see here is, from the chromatogram, is these spikes are all those different ingredients. So a certain acid, a certain sugar. And what you can see, this is tea as an example. You have green tea, black tea, and oolong tea, all different teas. But they essentially all spike in the same areas. Right. And if- There's we, just subtle differences, exactly, right? Exactly, the, the amount of the same ingredient flips it from a green tea to a black tea. Right, right. And right, so right, right. what we figured out also was that like all of these little smaller ones, so you yeah. know, there's a little difference here, like this peak yeah. is bigger here and smaller here and like medium there. What we figured out is you and I were pretty basic in terms of what we can taste and smell. So these things don't actually impact our, the way that we interpret a green tea. You could eliminate those. So what we actually have done is say in a green tea, there's a hundred different ingredients that yeah. come out of the analysis we figured out that you only really need about a dozen to recreate the taste. The taste. They're helping us demo the device. Oh, cool. Um, we have been running telemetry, but we're unplugged today. Everything's, uh, everything's disconnected, ready to rock and roll. So cool. this is our Proto-1 device. So uh, the world's only molecular beverage. Product. Well, there's three. We call. Well, there's three. <laughs> three. We have three. Uh, yeah. But this is the, uh, the can this is what we call can of one. Yeah, yeah, feel free to. This has been um, so it's been in development for about two years. Uh, yeah. We started out with a couple different versions. So I just had some. Well, I had four drinks, and it's kind of it's very uh, it's a very Jetsony experience, and I'd love to just start with because it is really it's it's quite impressive, and I'd like to just start about like what is the problem you're solving. Because we can get to the technology, which I think is fascinating. But just if we can start high level of what are you trying to do here in terms of what are the pro what's the problem you're trying to solve? So I think at the highest level at Canna, we think about the future in terms of abundance. There's lots of people, and we really want to be able to provide people with anything they want, right? And just human nature, we want more of the things we like. However, all of the kind of the methods and the modes of production around the world are eroding. A lot of the stuff that provides us with our da daily utility is starting to erode. It's hundreds of years old. Yeah. And specifically in beverages, 
uh, that infrastructure that's there now is really costly and is terrible for the environment. And so our goal, you know, our vision of the world is that we should, that infrastructure shouldn't impact the environment the way that it does now with wasting water, with leading to a global trash crisis, but we should be able to have that abundant future that we envision. And so our belief, our firm belief is that through the right science and engineering innovation, we can provide that abundant future without any of the environmental waste. So at the highest level, that's what we're about. So can you t- just talk about some of those, you know, you talked about water, you talked about the trash crisis. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in terms of the the drinks, the beverages industry? What are we creating? What does it entail? What does it require? Right. So I think, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a little blind to us, right? A little opaque. So globally, the beverage industry is is enormous right i think globally people spend about two trillion dollars on drinks every year and the associated impact the environmental impact of that is falls into a couple of different buckets one is water we use 400 trillion liters of water every year that is like growing the ingredients uh processing and manufacturing them at a plant right total we emit around half a gigaton of co2 every year then distributing all of those beverages, storing them at retail, keeping them cold in the beverage aisle. And then we create about a trillion bottles and cans every single year. And I think currently all of those places, water, CO2 leading to greenhouse gas emissions and warming of the climate and the packaging and bottling waste that's leading to a trash crisis, those aren't sustainable. They're just, you know, the, the thing is the beverage industry is trying to evolve. They're yeah. not blind to this. There's some things they're doing there that try to help, you know, kind of stop it where in its tracks, but there's nothing there that's just, I think, been aggressive enough in stopping it. And like, now's the time, right? Like we're in California. If you're here, there's people call it fire season. If there's a drought, there's droughts, there's wildfires all the way down to the beverage world where like there's people that have wineries that are getting burnt down. So yeah. the time is now to take action to figure out how to reduce that environmental impact. So could you talk about the genesis of the company? Because I think it's interesting because, you know, when you when we're thinking about the climate crisis, you think about energy, all of, so mm-hmm. solar panels, wind farms, or electrification of vehicles. Not, I'm going to guess, nine out of 10 people, maybe 10 out of 10 people don't think about drinks as kind of part of that puzzle. So how did this get started and how did you get involved or why did you get involved? So backing way up, yeah, about three and a half years ago, Canna was founded around this idea that we could, through through some, say, flavor science breakthroughs, what was learned by Lance Kaiser, who's our chief science officer, and Dave Freeberg, who's one of the founders, they were put in touch with a professor who had done some research around reconstituting beverages mm. without using any of the natural resources or right. current ingredients. And what that professor had figured out is they could create, recreate a bottle of red wine or the taste and, and, and uh, aroma of a, of a red wine. Uh, without using all the ingredients. So essentially, the, this professor found that there's about 400 ingredients in a bottle of red wine, reduced it down to 40, and then tested it with people. No one could tell the difference. Mm. So Dave and Lance picked up that research and started to ask themselves, what's the impact of this research? Mostly focused on the environmental part, but then also realizing that there's an insane amount of cost associated with shipping, dis- distributing, yeah. packaging, all these things. 
and that's the genesis. So then they, they took that research and they said, okay, can we do that? What they did for wine? Can we also do that for other beverages? And they ran the same type of playbook on orange juice and soda and started to realize that actually the ingredients that you use to create wine are the exact same ingredients that you use to create other beverages like a tea just or a in coffee. different quantities exactly and all you're doing is you're adjusting the concentration of those ingredients so that's where the kind of the genesis started mm. and then i think there was a set of questions that snowballed which was okay can we just ship these ingredients to people's homes and because we know that we're wasting 400 trillion liters of water every year growing all the ingredients processing and manufacturing could we just use the water that's in someone's home right and then from there, what was one key insight that kind of tipped everything over was we realized that the bottles and cans that are getting shipped around that you and I drink, the beverages that are in there, they're 99% water already. So we use all this water to then ship beverages that are 99% water. So why yeah. not just use the water that's in someone's home and just ship those that essential 1% to them? So that's the that was the ethos. Those are the set of questions and the kind of the the scientific insights that we used to form Canna. And then, you know, fast forward three and a half years, we've essentially created a universal set of beverage ingredients that allows us to provide infinite different types of beverages. Uh, for people, and it allows us to reduce the environmental impact of creating all these beverages using water and emitting CO2 and all the packaging and bottle waste that comes with it. So how did you come to this? Because yeah, I think before we started recording, you mm -hmm. said you, before you were working at Nike? Correct. Yeah. So my background is in building and scaling hardware and software businesses. Uh, I've been doing it for the last 15 years or so. And, you know, yeah, one relevant place is Nike, where I worked on Nike Plus Basketball and the Nike Plus Fuel Band before connected apparel and smart apparel was a thing. And then I went to a company called Vivint Smart Home. And Vivint Smart Home, I was a, a smart home as a service mm -hmm. and ran their computer vision and cameras team. Grew that business from around 100 million to over 300 million. But I think what's relevant in both of those is that uh, and what's applicable to Canna and why I came here was both of them are trying to produce products and services that at their core help people, protecting people in their home from bad yeah. people and from fires and getting people to be more active. Those are two really good things. So my trajectory is always to spend my time working on things that are the better for the global good. And then also when you're working at a smart home company, you're putting things into people's homes. That's like the most intimate space in the world. And so you got to be really, you got to have a 10 X experience for people to take a product and put it into their home. And essentially what we're doing at Canna is we're saying, let's replace a behavior that you do now. And so that experience of making sure that we have something that's 10 times better than the current mode of getting beverages is really, you know, really relevant from my past. And so where are we now in terms of, so I just sampled four drinks and that machine can long-term can produce thousands, but right now has, can produce say over 200. That's right. Where are you now in terms of getting that product out? How much does it cost? How does it work? Or kind of, where are you on that kind of trajectory? That life cycle. Yeah. So so right now we're taking reservations for the for Canna One, and those reservations are ninety nine dollars. And for the first ten thousand people, they can purchase a Canna One when it ships in mid twenty twenty three for four hundred ninety nine dollars. So reserve now ninety nine dollars, get it for four ninety nine when it ships. 
And then after the 10,000 reservations, it goes to its regular price of $7.99. So we're about about a year away from can of ones being shipped to people's homes where they can experience what you just experienced and they can get hundreds of different beverages and they can modify and personalize those to the way they want. And we're currently just growing our beverage catalog. So continuing to test and improve the taste of beverages. And we're continuing to de-risk the engineering side of things. What you just saw is our, uh, our first prototype. And the size, the shape, the look, all of that is exactly what it's going to be like when we, when we ship. So we're pretty far along there. Mm-hmm. Essentially right now, all we have to do is scale up the business to be able to get this, scale up the company, I should say, to get this to people. So from a beverage perspective, we have, you know, over 200, we're on the, on the way you can customize all those. And from a engineering perspective, we have you know built a prototype that is essentially seems to go through manufacturing and then be, be shipped to people. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So, 800 bucks. That's for most people, that's like, that's a leap in terms of being like, okay, well, I can just go to the store and pick it, you know, go down the drink aisle and pick up whatever for five bucks, a 12 pack or six pack of whatever. Mm -hmm. How are you going to kind of get people to buy in? Are there business models or financing models that you're thinking about to actually, if this, if you really want to kind of get this out there in the world and become like a mass market product to get people to kind of make the leap right so our goal is to have as many beverages dispensed from a can of one as possible because that allows us to have the biggest impact in terms of natural resource savings and so what we're doing is we're then making the the product like i was saying or the experience 10 times better so everything just auto ships to a person they never have to go to the store again just as everyone lives their life now, you get your food delivered, you get your groceries delivered, you know, all your stuff comes from your favorite e-commerce store. Beverages is going to be the same. So we've made the experience streamlined and simple. And on top of that, the cost of the device up front, we've made it a really good payback for people because on a per drink basis, we are 25 to 50% cheaper than going to the grocery store and even higher, probably even 80% cheaper than getting it at a bar or restaurant. So our model, the way it'll work is buy the device and then on a per drink basis, 
you'll save 25 to 50%. All the cartridges ship for free. Everything just shows up exactly when you need them. Just as they're depleting and you're getting to the end, you know, we just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, we're going to ship another one to you and it gets sent. And then we just reconcile for how much you've spent up to that point. The same way as you go to a bar or restaurant now. Yeah. Order your food, order your drinks, eat it. Hey, thumbs up, thanks. And then- Here's your tab. Here's your tab. It's a similar model to ours. And so the goal for us though is to make things cheaper than they would be at going to the grocery store and making it much more convenient convenient for people. But again, it's, it feels like it's a little bit like Tesla because I think everybody or more and more people are like, well, that makes sense to get an electric car because you never have to go to the gas station again. Electricity is way cheaper than gas, especially these days. But most people are like, that's too expensive up front. So I don't know if there's a like, you know, if there's a different way you could do it where it's almost like a subscription monthly thing or like a financing plan to kind of get people more comfortable with the idea of like spending 800 bucks on on this new thing that they're going to you know there's going to be some obstacles to adoption sure yeah if you're well you know one would be if you're one of the first 10,000 you can get it for yeah. half you know, so go go reserve yeah. uh, right now and you get it for half the price but so yeah our goal is like let's reduce the friction as much as possible so at this point we're you know a year and a half away we have an eye on what we think makes sense but you know, if, if we get feedback along the way from people that have pre-ordered, we'll, we'll change things and adopt. Yeah, yeah. But like my previous experience at those two companies I mentioned, yeah, we'll, we'll have payment plan or financing. So it's, you know, X dollars a month to finance it. We have looked at subscription models as well for the beverages. That's an option too. But again, our ultimate goal will be to whatever we need to do to get as many of these products into people's homes. And so, and to get drinks dispensed at that discounted, you know, 25 to 50% per drink basis. So we'll do whatever we need. If it's financing, if it's installment, you know, whatever, whatever we can do, I think ultimately we'll try to sell our device as a, you know, as cheap as possible right. to get it into, into someone's home. And then the other thing we, we talked about a little bit in the kitchen, which I think is going to be another thing that's going to be a little difficult for people to grok is the idea that, if this is 99% water and you just have this like special mix of the key molecules to make drink X, mm-hmm. does that have all the stuff my body would get from the alternative? You know, an example being orange juice or something else that's like generally good for your body or has vitamins or minerals that you need, et cetera. Absolutely. So similar to what happens in a store now, right? You get an OJ as the example. And a lot of the orange juice is fortified. Ascorbic acid gets added to it for vitamin C. They'll add a vitamin B to it probably as well. And so we can do the exact same thing. So not only can you customize the amount of sugar that goes into a beverage or the amount of alcohol that's in a beverage, you can add, and we'll do that by default, say for juices, you know, we'll by default put these vitamins in, but you can add them to anything. So from a molecular perspective, they're identical to an orange juice you would get off the shelf. We can have, we'll can we have vitamin C and we'll have the beverage fortified the same as it would be in the beverage aisle right now. That's hard to understand because it's also just like that 1% packs a punch. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, when you dig into the beverage industry a little bit, because like you said before, not everybody, you know, is spending maybe a lot of time thinking about this yeah. and you realize the way that beverages are made now, a lot of this is, you know, stuff that's already happening, right? If if we go and we look at some of even the alternative milks, let's say, mm. they're adding compounds in there that are very small trace amounts of compounds, but mm. they're making it taste a certain way. They're giving it a certain nutritional value and they're making it smell a certain way. It's very similar. It's just that it's a very dated process for creation. It takes three years for most of those things to get to market. 
and the amount of cost associated with the distribution and the manufacturing is absurd. So millions and millions of dollars, right? And so what we're doing is we're taking that 1%, we're just figuring out a simpler, more streamlined way to get it to people. And then, but also when producing the beverage, have it taste and provide the same amount of nutritional value as what's already out there. So it's very similar to what's happening. We're just packaging and we're using a different set of, say like scientific breakthroughs to enable it. Is there like a killer drink? <laughs> you know, like milk, not literally um, um, milk or or beer or some you know some if you can kind of crack x then that would be a real unlock for you or for people to be like actually that's really worth my while because you know you say you have young kids i have young kids they just go through an extraordinary amount of milk these days oat milk it's like bottles and bottles and bottles which made me think that about that um, sculpture you have out in the front of just like all the bottles that we go through on a you know yearly basis or even a weekly basis. But is there a drink or a couple that you're like, really, if we can get those, or maybe you've already got them, then this, that's a real kind of key for what you guys are trying to do. Yeah. So yeah, maybe there's, there's two aspects to that. So from a chemistry perspective, there's complex beverages and there's simple beverages. And so when we figure out what goes into a complex beverage, and that's usually a beverage that's like gone through a fermentation process, it just has a lot of in, ingredients and compounds in it. When we figure out what's in there, that allows us to understand the, a lot of the impact that a whole lot of different compounds can have for flavor and taste. And we can apply that same learning to beverages that have very few ingredients. So say the coffee, the cold brew coffee you had, that cold brew coffee is a complex beverage, has lots of ingredients. Now that we've figured out the right mixing amount of the ingredients, we can apply that same thinking to a tea or a soda. So it's considered an unlock. When we have solved for a complex beverage, it unlocks our ability to create all kinds of different beverages, not just from that category. Yeah. We can go create a vanilla or a mocha or whatever cold brew, but we can now go create a whole new category of beverage from it and literally produce infinite variations of it. But then from a consumer perspective, I think what you're saying is, okay, what's the killer, yeah. the killer use case? I yeah. Think- Cause like in supermarkets, it's like milk. That's what draws. <laughs> I mean, I know like talking to grocers, it's like people go, that's the thing. It's almost like a loss leader for them to like we price milk because people are always buying milk and then they get there and then they buy everything else. Oh, interesting. Yeah. For us, the use case, the way we think about it is we're trying to provide everything you need from AM in the morning to PM at night. So the fact that we have everything that you need for a day, a week, a month or a year, that's the, that's the killer use case on a per drink basis. I mean, it really breaks down into two big chunks. What we've seen from our researchers, there's alcohol and there's not alcohol. Yeah. And so again, because we produce both of those, we essentially have everything that somebody needs. So I think the way to the way to think about the our killer use cases, we have everything you need from AM to PM. So I had cold brew. I had like a cocktail. Light on the alcohol, thank you, because it's early. But could you also do just to give people a sense, can you make like, I don't know, an IPA? Oh yeah. So when we launch, beer will be a fast follow. Beer is a very complicated beverage because mm. uh, it's fermented, but also creating the right the right foam, the right head on a beer is is a challenge. There's been some companies that have done it and they've got it wrong and like they don't exist anymore. So we don't want to not get it right. And so that'll be a fast follow for us. So that won't be in the initial... Won't be in the initial. Right. Our initial product will do all cold beverages. 
And it's a necessary first step. Actually, the the reason why we're focused on cold beverages first is because those are the beverages that create most of the single-use right. container garbage and waste. So we're focused there first. Then like a Gen 2, which is a fast follow, will have hot beverages. So we'll have both hot and cold. So Gen 1, cold, sparkling and still beverages. But you know it'll get to the point where we'll have an IPA. So um, there's no reason right now. It's just you. there's a lot of science still to be done. But yeah. there's no kind of like blocker. There's no blocker for us from a scientific perspective or from a technology or right. uh, engineering perspective. The technology that we've created can do literally any type of liquid. It's just a matter of us getting enough people and enough time to do it. And so like you mentioned, oat milk with you, with your kids, that oat milks, and there's lots of different types of milks yeah. as you're familiar. Those won't be part of gen one, but those are just fast follows. Those are things that we'll do. And what's interesting about what we're creating with our ingredient cartridge and our cartridge system is we don't actually need to change anything. All we need to do is fill that cartridge with different ingredients, stuff, right. different stuff. So you don't need to, no one needs to go buy anything new from Canna, the thing we send to you next is just got the ingredients for oat milk. And I think in the future, what'll happen is we'll understand your preferences and we'll suggest things to you. So as let's say we get into the future state and we have every drink from a milk to a beer to everything that we offer now from, you know, cold brew coffee to a cocktail, we can say, Hey, looks like you're consuming a lot of oat milk. Do you want us to send you something that's just more optimized for oat milk. Right, right, right. right and right. trade something else off and you can decide, yeah, totally, that's cool. And then that's what we'll do. That's better for you, right? It's better for the customer. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing blocking us from doing this. This is just a matter of time. It's just like, it's just, you know, our technology is similar to others. It'll get faster. It'll get cheaper. It'll shrink in size. And so we'll, and we'll have more drinks just over time. Does the specter of Juicero hang over you guys at all because you know like that was the last kind of drink tech company out of silicon valley and obviously it became a huge punchline for reasons i mean that have been covered ad nauseum but is there any kind of like i don't know if you guys are at the point where you're talking to investors where you're like oh a high-priced thing that you're gonna try to convince people to put in their kitchen Mm, have you thought about this (laughs) you know like (laughs) obviously what you guys are doing is very different but is there i don't know if are you looking for investment or is that is that coming up at all or is that anywhere kind of factor in your thinking or the kind of perception as you start to kind of take this out into the world? Yeah, since we announced or since we started taking reservations on March 3rd, we've had a lot of a lot of interest. And so right now we're fully funded. We're happy. Hmm. Um, we got everything we need, but there's been a lot of virtual knocks on the door. Right, right. And right. so we're we're having those conversations and entertaining, you know, who's the right partner to help us in the next the next phase. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're different. Uh, Canada is very different. I think what we're doing is we're solving a real problem of how the centralized manufacturing of beverages works now. Mm. And we're approaching it from a very, like a first principles yeah. perspective. And so we're solving a real problem versus I think uh, some other companies maybe are looking for, they're maybe looking for a problem to solve. Has there been any, I'll call them big drink thinking like Coke, Pepsi, et cetera. <laughs> Do they know what you're doing? Do they care? Has there been any pushback? Like, Because obviously, I mean, it's still early days. But if 10 years hence or five years hence, mm-hmm. this is a thing that you can find at whatever, Macy's, Bed Bath & Beyond, everybody has one. Right. That's potentially a problem. Or maybe, you know, it's the beginnings of a problem for, you know, the industry that you're basically seeking to disrupt. Has there been any kind of reaction or interaction with the kind of the beverage industry is as you say it's a two trillion dollar industry it's a big 
it's a big old beast. Yeah. Lots of outreach. I'd say lots of conversations with them. Outreach. And outreach. <laughs> um, lots of conversations with those companies. And I think one step back is at our core, we're a beverage creation platform. Mm-hmm. We unlock the ability to create infinite different beverages. Our goal is not to recreate beverages that already exist. Mm. So if there's someone out there that has a well-known beverage brand, we are a partner. We're a safe place. We're Switzerland. We don't want to try to recreate their beverage. What we'd love to do is have them on our platform, help them. So you could be like Coke, just like at the. Yeah, let's let's help them solve their plastic bottle issues. Right. You know, let's have ha- let's help them reduce the amount of water that gets used. And so they should look at us as a you know a step into a more modern way of of manufacturing beverages. We, we call that decentralized manufacturing and it gives them tons of advantages. We're faster, we're cheaper. You know, you saw some of the awesome interactions that happen at the device. You can have a one-on-one interaction, a digital interaction with a consumer, which they can't have at retail right now. And so, yeah, we've had conversations with them and they're great. Uh, it's great conversations. And so, yeah, we're not trying to replace them. We're actually just trying to be an avenue for them to achieve their goals, but in a in a better way that's better for people and better for the planet. What keeps you up at night in terms of getting to the promised land? Hiring people, building the team. I think. uh, How many people are you now? We're about 55 people. We'll be at 100 by the end of the year. But finding great people that are mission aligned is, and it's not, not because they don't exist, it's just a very competitive market. And so that's one thing. And then there's just, you know, typical scale up and operational work to be done. We just got to chop wood. So I don't get too worried about chopping the wood. That's yeah. like, you know, that's everyone enjoys making marked progress, <laughs> any type of human. And so we can do that all day, but we're, we got to find the type of people that want to come and tackle those types of things. And we're going up against some, you know, some lofty challenges. I think we're going to be doing alcohol beverages. Right. And so figuring out that playing by the right guidelines, making sure that's nice There's a and whole smooth. thicket of rules around all of a lot that, of rules. Right? Yeah. So we want to make sure we find, you know, play by the right rules and find the right people that can help us do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So five years from now, mm-hmm. what's happening? How out in the market is it? Like, do you have like a signpost that you're going toward? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so five years from now, our vision is that there's a, can of wanda on every countertop and in five years we should have a lot of can of ones in the market and you know we should be dispensing millions and millions of beverages every single day from that so that we can reduce packaging waste and water waste and co2 emissions and so five years from now we'll be all through the u.s and you know we're even already it's starting just u.s for the the moment right yeah we're gonna do regional rollout is our approach you know we want to nail the experience for people before we scale it up but once you get you know you nail that experience you can start to scale it up pretty easily you've seen that with a lot of other companies electric car companies have done this that have been wildly successful ride sharing companies have done this that have been wildly successful so a very similar playbook from us when you're doing something new like this and really cutting edge. There's some education that has to happen. There's some guidelines that you got to make sure you play within. And so we'll scale it up. But in five years from now, we'll be, you know, like I said, the goal is to have a can of one on every, every single countertop. Right. And where are they going to be made? So still being figured out uh, where we're going to make everything, but we would like to make everything in North America. Mm. And so 
our moat, our technology moat is our cartridge system. Yeah. And our, I imagine there's a bunch of patents involved in yeah, that machine. All the stuff that, yeah, all the stuff that we showed you, yeah. a lot of patents in there, patent protected for us. It's around the, you know, we're consumables business at the core. So the consumable is the thing that matters. And so we're going to hold that pretty close to home and yeah. probably manufacture factor somewhere really close where we can make sure that that's, that's okay. Less prying eyes or. Yeah. 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 yeah but, prying, but the goal yeah. would be let's do everything in, in North America. That's our target. Well, I wish you luck. I, mean, I appreciate you uh, having me over. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming and welcome. When we get more beverages, we'll have you back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So that was my conversation with Matt at Canada. And as promised, I'm going to give you my review. So I tried four drinks. Okay. There was a cold brew coffee, a, like a, a citrus berry drink. There was a kind of grapefruit seltzer type thing. Um, you know, like the Pamplemousse La Croix that everybody drinks right here. And then the last was like a mimosa style cocktail. Just generally speaking, they taste good. It's kind of weird. They all just kind of come out perfectly mixed. There's not like that, you know, soda fountain mixing while it's coming out. It's all kind of comes out fully formed because it mixes in the machine. And they all came out one after another. There are still some limitations. Clearly, we talked about some of those. I asked if we could do, you know, just a white wine. And they're like, look, our white wine isn't quite ready yet. There's a whole review system that they have in place that they won't give the green light to put it in the system uh, for people to try until it reaches a certain threshold. In the case of white wine, it was like they wanted 90, at least a score of 94 by uh, wine enthusiasts. They have sommeliers on staff to look at things like that. But they're saying, like Matt said in the interview, that there's no scientific reason that they can't really make any drink uh, except for things that have like pulp or, you know, fiber floating around, that kind of stuff. But I will say the cocktail was very tasty. The cold brew tasted like something I would get at Starbucks. You know, that can be a good or bad thing, depending if you like Starbucks. But they're kind of going for this, you know, in a way, middle of the road uh, that's going to appeal to a lot of people. I'm sure they can kind of tune it. This is the whole thing that's kind of like you can tune these tastes like a piano to what people want. So it is quite an impressive thing. Again, if you're talking about 800 bucks right up front, and then, you know, basically having something that's charging you every time you have a drink. Who knows if that's going to work or if people are like, you know what? No. <laughs> but I think, again, it gets down to just, you know, the utility of this thing. If you can really have thousands of drinks and they're good and you can have like a proper cocktail, which again, things like that, I think is going to what gets, uh, gets people kind of really interested in this. But um my review is that they tasted like drinks. They weren't like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, my socks are blown off. But it was all, here's a cocktail. It was a good cocktail. Here's your cold brew coffee. Here's your cold brew coffee. Here's your grapefruit seltzer. It tasted like La Croix. So that's quite impressive. Anyhow, that is it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. So let me know what you think. Hit me up uh, on Twitter at Danny Fortson, or you can email me at danny.fortson at sunday-times.co.uk. I'd love to hear what you think of the concept because it is kind of both obvious but also kind of like, you know, it takes some thinking about whether you would actually, what would it take for you to actually drop, you know, best part of a grand 
on a machine to make drinks for you in your house. Anyhow, that is it this week. Thank you very, very much for listening. Keep well, and we will be back next week with another exciting episode. Bye-bye. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.